Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Niajay Wallace. Niajay, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you here. We got a chance to meet uh, in Florida this last winter, and I've been wanting to get you on the show, so I'm so glad we were able to work this out. So let me give everybody just kind of a little background so they know who you are. So Niajay is actually a coach and motivational speaker, and she actually believes you can have it all. She coaches entrepreneurs and helps them to step into their power and inspires through her, her mindset and self-development work people to take that next step. She actually has a podcast called The Abundance Hack. So Nyanjay, I'm curious, like, can you just take a minute and give us a glimpse into how you got started doing the work that you're doing today? Oh, of course. I actually owned a brick and mortar business for five years. And in the process of owning that business, I took a moment to check in and figure out what it is that I really want. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to have a business, but what I realized is owning a brick and mortar business wasn't in alignment with the lifestyle that I desired. So I sold my business and I transitioned to being fully remote because what I valued the most was time and location freedom. And when I did that, a lot of people didn't understand my decision. A lot of people was like, I'd love to be able to travel and still make money and have that location freedom. So I basically started coaching entrepreneurs to make sure that they are starting a business that is in alignment with the the end goal, basically. Like, what what is it that you want your life to look like? And if you're starting a brick and mortar business and you want to be able to travel, Obviously, that's that's not in alignment. So helping people reverse engineer, helping people really get clear on what it is they want their life to look like. So living intentionally. And then as I started to do that, I realized so many blocks and limiting beliefs came up, which is how I started the mindset and self-development portion of it. So I'm a, I'm a massive strategist when it comes to like business strategy, but there's so many blocks that people have to overcome to take those leaps because going for your dreams isn't always easy. You know, typically it's not easy. You have to overcome those blocks. So on top of the strategy, I help people push past their blocks and limiting beliefs and really just step into their power. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And you're right. I mean, there's a certain element that is strategy, but there's certainly the part that's more of the, the mental part and what's our operating system? How are we operating in the world? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's true for partnership too, right? If you've got these beliefs that you're operating from, oh, my partner this or my partner that, they very likely will be sabotaging what you really want. And yeah. it, it's, it's kind of like your example, right? It's like if you want to be, you know, locationally free and you're building a brick and mortar, mm, unless you are having somebody else run it, that's not going to work very well. Mm -hmm. And it is. It's one of those things where oftentimes we're doing things that are actually totally diametrically opposed to our actual goal, <laughs> which is kind of funny, yeah. but we don't even realize it. We're like, 
oh, that I'm actually creating a thing that will tie me to one location. Why would I do that? Exactly. Yeah. So I want to ask you because, I mean, we, I, I brought you on the show specifically because, as you told me when we met, you, you're not in a relationship. You're not married. You've been single most of your life. And yet, just like we were talking about, your, your work really is about partnership, partnering with your goals, partnering with your purpose, partnering with, you know, how you want to live your lifestyle. And I'm wondering for you, like, what's that kind of touchstone or, or quote or mantra? I call it a guiding principle, but it's, it's just like this anchor that you can come back to whenever you kind of get off track in partnership and you're like, wait a minute, I just need to remember this and then I'm, I'm good again. What is that for you? Oh man, I, this was a hard one. I had to think of a couple. <laughs> and so I, I want to say one of my biggest mantras is you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to take care of you first. And I, the way I say this in life, but the way I apply it to relationships is a lot of times we look for other people to fill our cups. And that is, in my opinion, setting ourselves up for disappointment or, you know, just unhappiness because we are in control of our own happiness and making sure we're taking time to fill our own cups and the more our cups are full the more they will overflow so we have more to give others and I so when I was thinking of all the different mantras that I have I just felt that that was really fitting especially in relationships or sometimes we're so busy filling other people's cups that we forget to fill our own so it goes both ways you can't expect other people to fill your cup and then you also can't be responsible for trying to fill everyone else's in relationship absolutely 100% and you know <laughs> One of the things you said there that I just loved is like, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And you're right. A lot of people are looking for that partner to, you know, fulfill them, to make them happy, to do those things. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is now you've created this conditional environment. Well, as long as he or she does this, then I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Which means you have zero power. Mm -hmm. And from the other side of the coin, that partner is going... I don't want to be responsible for your happiness. There's no way I can always know what's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And it is. A lot of times people come in going, oh, you know, I just wanted somebody who does this because maybe they've had difficult situations in the past and they have no clue how to do it for themselves. So they're like, I'm just hoping somebody else does. But the truth is nobody does except you. And I love the way you said that of the more your cup is full, the more you take care of yourself, that allows it to overflow so you can serve others. Not you serve others until your cup is empty, mm -hmm. which is what most people are doing. Give, 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 yeah. give, 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 never thinking about themselves. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, collapse time, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, doesn't matter. So really, really powerful advice there because it is. I mean, we forget this and our culture really kind of encourages the give mode. And, you know, there's a lot of that, like, oh, you're doing this for yourself? How selfish. No, no, no. That's the best gift you can give anyone. Yes. Being yes. your best is the gift. It's not exactly. selfish. It's the most generous thing you can do. Selfish yeah. is not taking care of you. Here, I'm going to make sure you don't get the best of me. That's totally selfish. <laughs> exactly. No, I 100% agree. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but you're right. And it's, it's in all partnerships, right? Same with work. Mm -hmm. Like if you know you've got a, like we were talking about earlier, you want to have that locational freedom. Okay, if I don't, I'm compromised. Mm 
I'm resentful that I have to go to my brick and mortar every day. Well, yeah. then you're not going to show up happy. You're going to exactly. show up in some way depleted. So really, really a great example. So I, I want to ask you something here, Neon Jay, because one of the one of the things that um, our listeners love about the show is that the generosity of our, our guests sharing their own personal stories. And what I'd love to ask you is, you know, what's a time in your life when you tripped up in a partnership? You know, tell us a little story about, you know, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that has helped you to expand and to, to move forward? So, as, as you mentioned, I've been single for a really long time. And I, I, I've spent most of my life, my adult life, single. But one thing that I can realize that I've done is not dealt with my traumas or pre-programming. So I'm going to get a little deep here. But one of the things, I, I research a lot. I do a lot of like mindset and self-development, why our brains mm -hmm. work the way that they work. And one of the things that I, I've really dove deep into recently was the adult attachment style. Yes. And that caused me to realize I had a certain attachment style because of my upbringing because of my childhood and it caused me to react a certain way to relationships which was actually resisting the the unconditional love and the healthy relationship that I wanted so I think the biggest trip up for me is getting into relationships before I dealt with and when I say trauma it doesn't mean that like something drastic happened to me but we all have memories from our childhood or growing up or maybe our first relationship that we hold on to that shapes how we react in future situations and that's why it's really important to deal with pain and to deal with things that were disappointing to you before you get into another situation so you are not bringing that baggage into another relationship. And even for someone like me who hasn't been in a lot of serious relationships, I had to deal with things that I, I dealt with from my childhood, like like not having a father around, like he would come around and he would say, oh, I love you, and then he'd disappear. And then he'd come around and say, oh, I love you, and you know, I'm gonna be around more, and then he'd disappear. So one of the things that I realized is that I associated love with disappearing. I had abandonment issues, and I took that into a relationship. I met someone that I was crazy about, and then automatically I felt like, he's going to disappear. And for whatever reason, I don't want to say whatever reason, the reason is because it was something that I needed to deal with from my childhood to not associate that love with disappearing. So one of the most powerful things I think people can do is deal with their trauma. And even if nothing dramatic happened to you, when I say trauma, I mean like pain and disappointment and your belief system around love and relationships and stuff like that. And a lot of that is subconscious. So you have to peel some layers back to really get to the root of how you feel about relationships. Absolutely. And I love the way you explain that of, you know, your experience was you literally related love to disappearing. Mm -hmm. So you had that expectation. Well, this is how mm -hmm. this works. When somebody actually expresses that to me, that's the time they're about to leave. Yeah. Which causes us to be guarded. Okay, I better go into that protective mode I learned to do as a kid because that's how I got through those times. 
Exactly. And as soon as we do that, as soon as we go into that guarded or protective mode, what we've literally done is disappeared. It's mm-hmm. like you're hiding behind a wall because you don't want to get hit by a snowball. <laughs> well, then nobody can see you. You just disappeared mm-hmm. on your partner. Yep. And it's super challenging. And, you know, one thing I, I want to say is you were saying, you know, you have to deal with these first. Actually, it's not that you have to have dealt with them first because people can get trapped in that. I'm not ready yet. I'm not perfect yet. I know I still have more stuff. And we get trapped mm-hmm. in personal development. What it requires is what you you did. Owning it. There's this whole myth that there's people out there with no drama. Those are not people. Those are robots. (laughs) Humans have drama. Humans have baggage. It's part of... If they don't, they haven't been alive. Mm -hmm. We have it from very young. So the idea that we have to either have all ours cleared up or somebody else does is a pipe dream. The thing is owning it. When you own Mm -hmm. it and then you can come into that and be in partnership with that person to work through that as it comes up because it's gonna and then you address it and mm-hmm. you have that conversation and you have that experience and you own what you need right then to support you through that space and this is where a partnership keeps growing it's got to be that that's the key is your partner can help you get to things you've never gotten to before yeah that's what that's what love does. It mm-hmm. it it opens up our heart, and sometimes it reveals those dark spaces and those pains and those traumas. And so, a lot of people, I feel like, are not willing to go to that place. They're not willing to face those. But I think that you have to in order to have that unconditional, passionate, yummy relationship that people crave. But you have to be willing to face those things that surface. When you are in love, there there was a beautiful quote by Marianne Williamson. I can't remember what it is, but she has a book. I want to say it's called Enchanted Love, but it says that love, you know, it forces us to grow because it, it basically rips your heart open. And I know that sounds traumatic, like dramatic, rip your heart open. But if you love someone, it's expanding your heart. And when that happens, you know, the pains that you you have experienced do come to surface. And if you suppress them, you're creating a block in your relationship. And it's not going to move forward unless you address it. And like you said, like address it and self-awareness is so important. But a lot of people don't take time to be aware of their own stuff, you know? 100%. And, and one of the biggest things is we have this false belief that if our stuff comes up, that makes us unlovable. No. Now we're damaged. Nobody will want us. And so we hide it. And then it never gets addressed and never gets dealt with. We keep feeling like, well, why isn't this going away? Because hiding stuff doesn't make it go away. Releasing stuff makes it go away. There's a great Mm -hmm. quote. I actually just read this this morning from Rumi. And I love the way this this is portrayed because it's exactly what we were just talking about. It said... You have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. Yes, I love it. Yes. Because we keep thinking, no, it's all this fantasy stuff of nothing's wrong. It's like, no, we're human beings. Mm -hmm. And like you said, things will get revealed in partnership that you can't get to any other way. There's actually the two most powerful places to grow. Partnership and having your own business. (laughs) Because it's right in your face. Now, let's add to that. My guest last week... Partnership 
and having their own business together. <laughs> They're on the express route to personal development. They've been together for 40 years. It takes that working together. And that's the key is we can grow and expand and be unbelievable beyond our wildest dreams when we trust and we'll open to that partnership. And mm. it is. It's going, okay, yeah, I got stuff. And it was funny. I had a woman I was talking to and she said, well, I'm looking for a guy whose baggage fits in a carry-on, not a trunk. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> well, my comment was, oh, so you just want him to be really good at packing it away? <laughs> right. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I said, baggage is baggage. Mm -hmm. Some people can stuff more stuff in a carry-on than you could put in a trunk. Mm -hmm. Just because he's able to hide it and make it a smaller package doesn't mean it's any less impactful. Yeah. So in that case, she was literally resisting the fact that a partner is going to have that baggage. Oh, he can only have a little bit. But what's a little bit of baggage? <laughs> it always seems big no matter when it shows up. Yeah. You know, I, I, what I would say to that is I would much rather deal with someone who is open and self-aware of their baggage than someone with a little bit of baggage. Does that make sense? So like the person who's willing to like, okay, this is, this is me, you know, this is the good, bad and ugly. And if you can work through this with me, if you can deal with this, like I'm, let's put everything on a table and work through it together. To me, that's more important than someone showing up trying to appear perfect and trying yes. to appear like they have it together. And, you know, I'm, I'm, there's so many people that feel like I'm low maintenance and laid back and everything is good. I'd rather a person just be upfront like, hey, this is what, this is what I have. And if you can work through this together and we can get through the baggage together, to me, that's a lot more powerful. 100%. And, you know, it is, it's that element of if you want to be loved completely, you have to show up completely. Mm, yeah. Which means loving yourself completely, even though you've got baggage. Everybody has baggage. So when you can go, you know what? Yeah, these are my things. And I could tell you hundreds and hundreds of stories of women I've worked with where they got to the place and learned how to let themselves open up and really own where they were. And all of a sudden they meet their match. I'm like, yeah, because he's got, your partner is going to like all of you. Not just the fun, the, the fun spark parts, not just mm -hmm. the rosy parts. It's like, yeah, we've all got life and, and that's cool. And that's what makes you who you are. And we're here to move past that and keep going. But it takes that opening up. One of the things that we end up doing, and this happens all the time, I hear it every day. Well, I'll do that as soon as he does or mm. she does. Right. And we're waiting for the other person to go first. But guess what? I'm not if I'm with you, I'm not going to be inspired to open up if I can tell you're you're closed off. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to attract the guy who wants to be with the full you because he doesn't even know who that is. Mm -hmm. He's just got the oh, yeah, she's all great. Nothing wrong. I mean, one of the worst things I ever hear from people is we've never had a fight. Mm. And I'm just like, OK, there's a time bomb ticking in your relationship. Yeah, because it's natural. It's part of growth. So let's shift gears a little bit because we, this has been awesome. I love where we were going there, but I want to I want to <laughs> kind of turn things a little bit and talk about a time in your life that was like a really proud partnership moment where I mean, it could be family, career, you know, romantic, you name it. But 
What's one of those times when you think back on it and just thinking on it makes you smile? Hmm. Relationship-wise, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. That's okay. <laughs> but... Business-wise, I probably have plenty of moments business-wise. So when I sold my business, and I, maybe this is a little bittersweet, but when I sold my business, there was a moment where, like, I, I did annual recitals. We, it was a dance and aerial studio for mm -hmm. kids and adults, but we would do annual recitals. And our very last recital, I already knew that, you know, the business was selling and I was on my way out. And there was a moment where I went backstage and I started crying. And I know you asked about a smile, but I started crying. And then my instructors came and they were crying. And we were in, like, this massive group hug. And even though, like, we were crying, it was such a proud moment for me because I know I made a huge impact in the lives of others. Yes. And I think that when we start businesses, well, I, I, I'll speak for myself. When I started a business, this specific business, I wanted financial freedom. I was just like, you know, I want to have this business and I want to be able to do this and this and this. And it was all about me. It was all about what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But as as time went on, I realized I'm making a huge impact. And then I got really obsessed with just seeing people transform and their personal growth and how they've grown because I created this like beautiful, supportive, creative outlet for people. And so in that moment, I realized the impact that I made in people's lives with this business. And even though I was walking away from it, I knew any business I start moving forward from here, I want to make an impact because these people will always remember me for the rest of my, uh, the rest of their life, this, this studio and this business and, and just everything that it embodies. So the way I can apply this to a relationship is you want to try to leave the situation better than what you found it. And I think that making an impact in a person's life even if it doesn't work out, because some people are not compatible. Some people's lives go in different directions. But if you can make an impact in someone's life and they say, well, I'm grateful because this relationship taught me to be a better communicator. This relationship helped me face, you know, this thing that I needed to face. Or this relationship taught me how to have more fun or more fulfilling, whatever the case may be. I think every situation you're in, you should always try to leave it better than what you found it. Yeah, and you know, you, you make a really great point there because one of the things that, that I often advise my, my clients is, you know, a relationship's ending. Well, what was the gift? Yeah. Because there's always mm -hmm. something we gain from that. And we can sit there and mm -hmm. dwell on all the stuff that pissed us off and, you know, get all mad about it. But why? Look for the gift and drop the rest of it. Who cares? Why do you want to carry that around? And the way I explain it, it's kind of like when we when we first meet somebody, it's like, well, imagine like it's your birthday and somebody gives you a gift, right? It's all wrapped up really nice. and There's a ribbon and a bow and it's pretty. And when you receive that, you're like, oh, this is the gift. But then you take off the bow and the ribbon and open the box and inside is the actual gift. And the instant you recognize the gift that was inside, the rest of it turns to trash. Mm. It's instantly transformed. You realize none of the packaging was the gift. I was off base. I had to go in and go, where's the gift inside? Mm. 
And then I instantly release the other stuff. I don't need to carry that around. And this is what we do in a relationship. Okay, it ends. Great. What was the gift? I don't need to carry around the packaging. I don't need to carry around the ribbon and the bow and the wrapping paper. That doesn't do me anything. Mm-hmm. But we get so attached to it. But it was going to be this and it was this dream and we were going to be married and have kids and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, but that isn't what actually revealed itself to be the gift. Mm-hmm. Now that may be in the future, but in that moment, find the gift and release the rest. And it's a huge, yeah. huge way to just move forward very cleanly. I love that. I absolutely love it. I, I actually did a podcast in your, uh, episode talking about how our brains take four times longer to register something positive or like remember something positive versus something negative. Mm-hmm. So retraining your brain to find the positive in every situation and focusing on that. If a person does, you know, three good things for you and then one bad, you're just like, oh, this person is bad because they did this to yes. me. But you don't remember the the other three good things they did. So retraining your brain to focus on the positive. But the way you the way you just explained it is absolutely perfect. Thank you. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. We do that all the time, right? We're like, oh, mm-hmm. they did one thing that made us mad and now they're a jerk. <laughs> yep. And it's like, what are you talking about? So I messed up on something. I'm a human being. And it's like, we always do this, and then we put the always label on it, which is never true. As soon as you say something's always, you're totally out of integrity because nothing is always. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, what's really happening here? And I, I wanted to ask you about something, Yanja, because you, you sent me a note um, ahead of time when we were preparing for this, and you you talked about you know the fact that where you are in your life and and you know that biological clock is part of the equation as a woman. And like kind of, I call it single shaming. The mm. cultural part of, oh, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have a family mm-hmm. yet? Why aren't you married yet? Why are you doing this? Oh, you're one of those people that, the, the cold-hearted businesswoman that doesn't care about people and, you know, all those different things that get thrown around. What have you found that's been helpful for you in the face of that? Because I know you have to experience it. Uh, I wish I had an answer that <laughs> answer to that question because I struggle with it. I have to be honest. I I haven't found anything. I think that that helps me other than just being true to who I am. And I think that I get that so much. I actually get it from my mom. Like yeah. you know, I'm the only I'm the only person who doesn't have grandkids. And I'm like, well, how many of your friends have you know children that are starting businesses and traveling the world? Like. Like, it's almost a way of, in my opinion, discrediting what I've done mm-hmm. because I don't have this piece that people feel like I should have at this age. So it, it is really difficult for me, I have, to, I have to be honest. But one of the things that I just remind myself is just because someone is married, just because someone has children, doesn't mean they're happy. And not to... Not to call out anyone who's not happy but I think that society forces women and a lot of it is subconscious but forces women to settle because they're like okay my biological clock is ticking and I met this guy and he marked enough of the boxes so I'm going to settle down with this person and have a baby and you know get married and it's not it it puts this pressure on you so are you 
really in love with this person or do you feel it's time and he just was conveniently around during that time? So it's, it's something that I've definitely struggled with. I don't, I don't have the answer other than make sure you check in and you are paying attention to how you are feeling and not society's pressures and the social norm and friends and family telling you, oh, it's time. Like, how are you feeling? And really peeling those lawyers back to not allow those social pressures to get to you and force you to settle. Yes, 100%. And I know I put you on the spot with that one. Um, <laughs> and and something, I, yeah, something I would add to that is, you know, really checking in for yourself as to, you know, okay, let's say you want to have a child. Well, what are you doing to move in that direction? Are you sitting back going, oh, I don't have anybody, but I'm not really putting myself out there because of this, that, or the other thing? Well, then you really have to decide: is is your is your you know commitment to having a family, or is it to something else? Mm. And be honest with yourself, because you know it's it's an interesting thing. Because if you look at the statistics, I mean, obviously we all know there's like a fifty percent divorce rate. So clearly, just being in a marriage does not mean you're happy. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is there are more single people in our culture now in America than there have ever been. There's more single people than married people. So where single used to be the weird thing, like most people by the time they're whatever, 35 or something would be married. That's not the case anymore. So it's like this old societal thing that's still being carried forward. And you're 100% right. Just having someone, you know, okay, well, you'll do. I, I need to have a kid. Unless you're totally okay with the fact that's probably not going to be a really happy and fulfilling long-term situation. I mean, it could be, but rarely. you got to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And it's tough, but it's about being true to yourself. And it's hard, especially when family's like, what's going on? And, you know, you don't want to disappoint them, but it isn't there. Mm-hmm. Because the more you can stand in that truth, the more you can attract what actually allows you to to shine, to be your best. Hmm. So, I don't know. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> just just to, to, to piggyback off of what you just said. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, what is your priority? Like, what is, what is are you committed to putting yourself out there now? I guess my question is like, how do you feel doing a, a relationship podcast? How do you feel about like dating apps and like like online dating kind of thing? Like, have you heard your guests have success with that, or what are your thoughts? Online dating, in my opinion, is not dating. And a matter of fact, the online dating companies actually say this, but people don't want to hear it. So they're marketing. They say, we're a meeting site. We're a meeting portal. That's what they're designed for. There's no dating that happens online. So it's just like, my view is view it like another party. It's a party you can go to where you might meet someone. You don't go to every party on the planet. You decide, oh, that works. I like the people that are there. And the truth is there was actually a research study done a couple years ago by the Pew Research Center. And what they found was 
even with the more broad acceptance of you know online dating apps and people using that only 25% of the population has ever used a dating app so you're missing out on 75% of the people if that's all you're doing the yeah. second thing they found is 33% of the people that have been online never dated anybody online never met like went out with anyone they met online so now you've got 25%, but only a third of those are actually dating. Or I'm sorry, only two-thirds of those are actually dating. So then they asked a bunch of couples, I think it was like 5,000 couples that were either married or in long-term relationships, <clears throat> how many of you met online? Like through a dating app, through uh, you know, online site or whatever. What percentage do you think of the people across the country met online? I mean, I would, I would think a small percentage. Five. Wow. I was thinking like 20%, but five is even lower. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, think about this. That means 95% of couples are meeting other ways, the same ways we all used mm -hmm. to. So, again, obviously the marketing out there makes it look like, oh, everybody meets online. That's their job. They're in marketing. Mm -hmm. But the reality is... That's not really what's happening. So when you view it as just another party you could attend if you want to, then you view it as what it is. It's just another opportunity. It's not the be all end all, and it's not the devil. I mean, there's lots of people that have met online. I know lots and lots of couples that have met online. Great. I also know lots of couples who haven't. So there's no right or wrong, and you're not doing something wrong if you're using them or not using them. But view it for what it's for. It's a meeting site. That's all it is. And it's actually a, not even a full meeting site, right? Because you haven't met them in person. So you're just like making a connection. It's like somebody gave you somebody's phone number. Okay, cool. I still don't know that person. I haven't met them. But somehow online, we think we're actually dating them if we've got a profile in front of us. Mm. So the more you can just be true about what's happening there and what's available, then you can you know, treat it as what it really is, which is... Another place to possibly meet people. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. I just was awesome. curious of, of your thought on it. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. Totally. No, I appreciate that. Well, Nyaje, we've gotten to a part of the show that I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we, we step away from the stories and just provide some simple you know, nuggets that our listeners can take with them. And, and what I want to ask you first is for you personally, what, what's like the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? I would say knowing your partner's love language and being able to speak it fluently. I, it. I think the five love languages is really, really powerful and it helps in communication. It helps in understanding that everyone perceives love differently and even if we are doing something that we feel should show our love if we are not speaking our partner's love language they're not perceiving it so i think that is probably one of my most powerful pieces of advice yes dr gary chapman's work is brilliant and i would add to mm -hmm. that a lot of people think oh i've read his book or whatever and i know my love language great who cares your partner needs to know your love language Mm -hmm. All reading the book did was confirm what you probably already knew about yourself. <laughs> what you want to do is go, he needs to know or she needs to know. So that then they can actually go, oh, yours is gifts? That's the last thing I think is 
a sign of love, but now I know what I need to do so you feel loved. That's the point of his work, and a lot of people miss that. So great advice. The love language is super, super powerful. And by the way, anybody out there who goes, I'm all of them, you didn't do the exercise. <laughs> people do that all the time. Oh, I'm all of them. No, you're not. Do the, do the quiz. You will find out that you're, there's something that's higher. It's okay. Yes, you may like all of them, but there's still one that is dominant, and that's the important part. Um, so I want to ask you one other thing, and maybe this will go back where we were just talking. If you could pick one book or resource that you'd recommend for our listeners around partnership, what would that be and why? So because we just mentioned the five love languages, I won't use that because okay. I, I want to I try to over-deliver, give more value. So a book that I read recently that talks about the adult attachment styles. It's actually called Attached. Mm -hmm. Great and book. I think that is a phenomenal book. I think when you really start to understand the different attachment styles, having awareness of your attachment style, but also will help you pinpoint other people's attachment styles. So I think it's a really, really, really powerful book. And just, and I want to give, can I give a little background on how I feel? Yeah about this book. So I, I'm someone who I realize now was drawn to the avoidant attachment style. So there's a lot of men out there that'll say, you know, I'm not ready for a relationship. I'm not ready to settle down. I'm not ready for a family. And then women tend, and I'm, I don't mean to generalize, but women tend to think like, oh, I'm going to hang around and give him some time. And eventually like, he's going to fall in love with me. <laughs> but I, I, I realized for myself that I was attracted to this certain attachment style. And it, it's because of my own fear of like love per se, but like this book really helped me put things into perspective that there are people who have more of a, sec a secure attachment style or anxious attachment style and like how I push people away or how I gravitated towards a certain attachment style. So it's a really, really powerful book that offered a tremendous amount of clarity for me of my own actions, but also being able to pinpoint other people's actions. So I think self-awareness is super powerful. And this is a book that I think breaks it down really well and easy to understand to get you to start to understand the adult attachment styles. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, it, and it's it's really quite enlightening for ourselves as we read it, because I've obviously read it as well. And it's like you go, oh, that explains so much. Mm -hmm. Because we do. We start to go, oh, from that perspective, oh, I have this attachment style. That's exactly why I've done this the whole time. So it's a great, great way to understand ourselves better, which always helps us so we can explain and, and share with our partner what's going yeah. on here. This is, well, I'm this kind of person. So really great suggestion. Thank you. And I mean, obviously we could probably talk for the next week, but <laughs> we don't get to do that on the show. So do me a favor. Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about the work that you do? Yeah. So my website is niaje.com. That's N-I-A-J-A-E.com. I'm on every single social media platform. Everything is niaje, N-I-A-J-A-E.com, last name Wallace. So I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat. I'm on everything. <laughs> but you can find most of my, you can find my podcast and all of my social media links on my website. Perfect. Awesome. And Nyajay, I just want to thank you again for, for your insights, for everything you share with us. 
super, super helpful, super impactful. Thank you again for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.